Shalom, this is Rabbi Paul Saul from Congregation Shuv Israel in West Hartford, Connecticut. And today I'd like to share with you some thoughts regarding Parshat Kitisa, which can be found in Shemot, Exodus chapter 30, verse 11, through 34, verse 35. Do these words sound at all familiar? Look what your kids are doing. Go see what your kids are making so much commotion about. Because parents, have you ever noticed that when your kids fail to perform at acceptable levels, they cease to be your little angels, and instead they become your spouse's out-of-control problem? Well, Parshat Kitisa contains a very interesting dialogue between Moses and Hashem, where the Holy One appears to have developed this kind of selective memory problem that we often do regarding our own children. It shouldn't shock us to hear Hashem say, my children have gone astray, or even something as extreme as they have prostituted themselves before idols, or they are stiff-necked people, as he does happen to say in this Parsha. But here, following the building of the golden calf, we see this kind of disclaimer reminiscent of Mission Impossible. Should anything happen, we will disavow any knowledge of your actions. So it says in Shemot 32, 7-11, And the Lord said to Moses, Go down to your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, and have corrupted themselves. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, in order that I may make a great nation of you. But Moses implored the Lord, his God, and said, O oh Lord, why does your wrath burn against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with a mighty hand? So one would expect Moses to become the disheartened accuser of the children of Israel, but like the audacious super nanny, Moses pleads the case before God concerning his children. You can almost hear Moses say, so none of the honors and none of the lands were wonderful enough for your little darlings? Is that why you left them slaves in the land of idolaters for over 400 years? Why didn't you think they would become idolaters? According to one Midrash, Moses pleaded, Lord, I asked only what Abraham asked in the days of Sodom. The Lord said, so where are these ten righteous people? And Moses answered, well, Caleb, Joshua, Aaron, Phinehas, Ithamar, Eleazar, and I. To this Hashem responded, but those are only seven. So Moses in turn said, is there no resurrection from the dead? Then add to these Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to whom you swore that you would make a great nation. Moses knew that only the light of Hashem could make the Israel the people that they were destined to be. So why would he smash the tablets written with the finger of Hashem when he saw the people dancing around the golden idol? Certainly he was not taken by surprise, since both God himself and Joshua prepared him for the debauchery he was going to see. According to one teaching from Rabbi Avraham Yehoshua Heshiel, who is fondly known as Ohev Israel, or the lover of Israel, Moses wanted to demonstrate to the people that even if a person falls spiritually, he or she could still receive the light of the Creator. A similar insight can be found in the following story of the Baal Shem Tov, 
the founder of Hasidism. When he arrived in a small town weary and dusty from his long travels, the villagers clamored to have the great man stay with them. When he had chosen a home to stay in, the wealthy and the most prominent member of the community complained, how can you stay at this person's house? We all know that this man has done awful things. Anyone in town can vouch for my virtues, and I can provide much more comfortable lodging. The Baal Shem Tov then replied, We know that when a person falls, no matter how low his state, the Creator is always with him. But if a person is full of pride, the Creator cannot be with him. You are correct that this man is responsible for many misdeeds, but the Creator is still with him. You, on the other hand, are so aware of your goodness that the Creator is not with you, and if the Creator cannot stay with you, neither can I. The greatest Rebbe of all, Yeshua, would often eat with tax collectors and sinners, much to the chagrin of some of the self-righteous religious leaders. In response, Mashiach Yeshua would tell parable after parable, illuminating the very same point, that the Holy One most desires a humble and a contrite heart. Or, as Rabbi Yaakov states in Perche Avot, better one hour of repentance in Olam Hazeh, this world, than the entire life of the Olam Haba, the world to come. And better one hour of spiritual bliss in the Olam Haba than the entire life of the Olam Hazeh. In other words, when a sinner repents, it is as though they are living in the light of the world yet to come. So the story of the golden calf is really the story of each of us. It's no accident that Aaron fashions the idol and Israel falls to it at the very moment God gives Israel the tablets of the covenant. In this respect, it's the perfect fall. One of the major lessons that we can take away is the realization that there will be times that we fall, that we find ourselves in very, very dark places. What precipitates our fall is of penultimate importance. What is ultimately most important is that we realize we need this fall. We need the dark moment in which we find ourselves. It is only when we realize it is dark that we can see the light. The lesson to Israel and the lesson for us is to separate the dark place where we have arrived from the action that has brought us to it. I believe at the moment of the Gemar Hatakun, the final repair of all things, we are going to look back and see how perfect each of our mistakes was. Israel fell for us, and in turn, we fall for the sake of others. What is most natural is to read Kitisa and to judge the actors quite harshly. Yet, if we do so, our thinking is undone by the surprising ending to the portion. The presence of Hashem passes before Moses, and Moses radiates from the light he receives. So much so that he must cover his own face with a veil for the children of Israel to look upon him. Oddly enough, when we focus on the ending, there is nothing negative to consider. There is no darkness, and there is no sin. There is only light, that the light of the Olam Haba, the light of the Gemar Takun, and the light of unending true love. It's a perfect ending to a perfect fall. This is Rabbi Paul Saul. I hope you enjoyed this Devar Torah. 
If you would like to f find more commentaries like this, please go to umjc.org. Shalom.